Chapter Four of Hands of Iceland by Victor Hugo, translated by Abby Langdon Alger. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sonia. Chapter Four. Benvolio, where the devil should this Romeo be? Came he not home tonight? Mercutio, not to his father's. I spoke with his men. Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet. A man and two horses entered the courtyard of the palace of the governor of Trondheim. The horseman dismounted, shaking his head with a discontented air. He was about to lead the two animals to the stable when his arm was seized and a voice cried, How? You here alone, Pole? And your master? Where is your master? It was old General Levin de Knud, who, seeing from his window the young man's servant and the empty saddle, descended quickly and fastened upon the groom a gaze which betrayed even more alarm than his question. "'Your Excellency,' said Powell with a low bow, "'my master has left Trondheim.' "'What? Has he been here and gone again without seeing his general, without greeting his old friend? And how long since?' "'He arrived this evening and left this evening.' "'This evening? This very evening? But where did he stay? Where has he gone?' He stopped at the Splagest and has embarked for Munkholm. Ah, I supposed he was at the Antipodes. But what is his business at that castle? What took him to the Splagest? <laughs> Just like my knight-errant. After all, I am rather to blame, for why did I give him such a bringing up? I wanted him to be free in spite of his rank. Therefore he is no slave to etiquette, said Powell. No, but he is to his own caprice. Well, he will doubtless return. Rest and refresh yourself, Powell. Tell me, and the general's face took on an expression of solicitude. Tell me, Powell, have you been doing much running up and down? General, we came here direct from Bergen. My master was melancholy. Melancholy? Why, what can have occurred between him and his father? Is he averse to this marriage? I don't know but they say that his serene highness insists upon it. Insists? You say, Powell, that the viceroy insists upon this match, but why should he insist unless Ordener refused? I don't know, Your Excellency. He seems sad. Sad? Do you know how his father received him? The first time it was at the camp near Bergen, his serene highness said, I seldom see you, my son. So much the better for me, my lord and father, replied my master, if you take note of it. Then he gave his grace certain details about his travels in the north, and his grace said, It is well. Next day my master came back from the palace and said, They want me to marry, but I must consult my second father, General Levin. I saddled the horses, and here we are. Really, my good Powell, said the general in trembling tones, did he really call me his second father? Yes, Your Excellency. Woe to me if this marriage distresses him, for I will sooner incur the king's displeasure than lend myself to it. And yet, the daughter of the Lord High Chancellor of both kingdoms. By the way, Powell, does Ordener know that his future mother-in-law, Countess Dahlefeld, has been here incognito since yesterday, and that the Count is expected? I don't know, General. Oh, yes, thought the old governor. He knows it. For why else should he beat a retreat the instant that he arrived? 
Upon this, the general, with a friendly wave of the hand to Powell, and a salute to the sentinel who presented arms to him, returned in anxious mood to the quarters which he had left in anxious mood. End of chapter 4